Welcome to the Hand Down Man Down Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the Hand Down Man Down Podcast. This is Danny Thompson signing back on after another, another eventful week of basketball in both the NBA and the WNBA. Um, we're really, we're really, really excited about this current episode because so much has happened, so much has been going on between records being broken to players on the move to I don't know. It's just a litany of things that's been that's been going on in this this past week. And as always, we're here to break it down for you to give you our insight and our in, our intellect on what's been going on. Um, so hopefully, you know, it's it's I'm again I'm. I'm just so antsy. I can't even get my words out right now. That's uh, that's how good I like how where this episode is about to go with it, ladies and gentlemen. So just sit back and relax and enjoy because we're really about to get into it. And starting things off is, is definitely with the NBA. You know, there were two big trades that went down this week. So it, it's, it's going to be very, very interesting. And, and to start things off, the first trade that happened was the was <laughs> happened literally in the middle of the week. Kawhi Leonard was traded from the San Antonio Spurs to the Toronto Raptors. And in that deal, the Raptors were able to get Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green, and the Spurs were able to get another All-NBA player, DeMar DeRozan, Jakob Pertl, and a 2019 Protect the First Round pick. Now, a lot of people are sitting here saying that they don't know who won the deal. Well, in my opinion, both teams came out you know, significantly well in this deal. Now, granted for Toronto, they got an all NBA player, an all NBA defender, arguably one of the top 10 players in the league when healthy in Leonard. And then you got a very good shooter and a very good, you know, he's a very good three and D player in Danny Green in a sense in this trade. But at the same time, you got to look at it from San Antonio's side. Now, and they lose an all-NBA player and gather another all-NBA player. DeMar DeRozan is nothing to slouch on, ladies and gentlemen. And for a lot of people who are sitting here saying that, oh, the Spurs got, you know, a raw end on this deal, I got to remind y'all something. DeMar DeRozan, last time I checked, was one of the top play, one of the top shooting guards, if not one of the top guards in the league. And the fact that a lot of y'all are saying, oh, the Spurs didn't come out well on this end you got it totally wrong remember DeMar DeRozan last season averaged 23 points five assists and three rebounds a game he shot better than 45 percent from the floor including 30 at least 31 percent from three that's probably one of his one of his you know flaws in his game but that's that's not too much of a concern for San Antonio because they will find a way to make him a viable part in that rotation especially in the starting lineup but at the same time, you know, he going to going to San Antonio is going to be beneficial for him. He's going to he's going to perform well. And then at the same time, they picked up a very good asset in that 2019 protected first round draft pick. And they got a very viable piece in Yaka Pertle, who's going to be very beneficial in their rotation, especially when it comes to their bigs, because. You know, San Antonio's not getting, you know, too young when it comes to post players right now. So they're going to need, you know, a lot of, you know, serviceable players in that department. And getting somebody like Yaka Pertle is going to be very, very big for them. Um, 
Now, granted, you know, losing a player the caliber of Kawhi Leonard is going to be is going to be seen as a detriment for for you know a lot of teams. But if it's one team who can who can bounce back and really still be able to perform well, it's San Antonio. Um, Kawhi Leonard is yes, he's an all he's an, he's an all NBA player. He's an all world defender. He's an all world caliber talent on both sides of the basketball as proven with, you know, the the two All-Star Game Awards, the two defensive player MVPs. Um, he was clutch in the finals for them when they won the finals back in 2014. So he's going to be a very good piece for uh, San Antonio, for, not San Antonio, for Toronto when the when next season gets started. Now, granted, it's only going to be a for it's only going to be for a one year rental because we all know what's going to happen with Kawhi Leonard once the season is over. He is going to find a way to go to Los Angeles, and the fact that Toronto will be able to get him, and and maybe depending on how they perform this season, they might be able to keep him, even though that's that's highly unlikely. Even if they do perform well this season, he's he's still going to be very a very important piece for that team because of the fact of who he is, what he can do on the basketball for your team, and the fact that, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, no matter what side you look at it, from the side of Toronto or from the side of San Antonio, you never know what's going to happen once the season rolls around because we've seen a lot of things go down where a lot of trades happen. And people were saying, oh, well, this one team got the better end of the deal because this player is playing well right now. Well... There have been a lot of factors in a lot of seasons in the past where we've seen players who were supposed to perform well, and out of nowhere, they're they're not one of those top players anymore because they didn't come into the season ready to go, or they ran into an injury, and it just it just hampered the team just a little bit. For example, look at Gordon Hayward at the beginning of the last season. Gordon Hayward was was looking to be a big part of that rotation last. Uh, for Boston in the beginning of the season. And what happens to him, he goes down with a huge, huge leg injury that you thought that oh, I was going to set them back. But it really didn't because of that, that talent, that way, the way Boston runs things in that organization. Um, but you got to remember, he was, the minute he went down, it was going to be like, oh, Boston, Boston might not come back from this. And they came back and performed really well. So we'll see how this trade shapes out for both teams. I like the move for both organizations because of what I because of what was stated before. Um, you know, people were saying that because a lot of teams weren't making offers for Kawhi to San Antonio, that they felt like his stock was down. Well, I'm sorry. Toronto gave up an All NBA player. And a twenty and a first round draft pick for next year, a protected first round draft pick for next year. I don't see how that's saying somebody's stock has fallen because you give up an all NBA player for another all NBA player is you know, it's it's amazing. It's a very big deal, especially it's gonna be a good deal for Toronto. And it'll be a good deal for San Antonio because maybe this is a good chance for them to start over the the constant headache and the constant questioning of what is what's going on with Kawhi is out of the organization now. So I don't see how how many people are going to look at this and be like, oh, you know, San Antonio is not going to be okay for this. I beg to differ. 
and and this is just coming from and this is coming from a guy who's a San Antonio Spurs fan. Um, the way a lot of fans are taking this with Kawhi right now, I don't like the way that they're discussing it. I don't like the way they're not calling him out. They're talking about, you know, oh, you know, he didn't want to be a part of those things. I'm glad he's gone and and all this other stuff. You don't know what was going on with that organization unless you had unless you were one of the people with the Spurs or you were talking to sources within the organization, you all don't know what's been going on. And for some of y'all who are saying, oh, I'm glad he's gone, Kawhi literally carried that team for a X amount of years. Now, granted, that's not how things are done in San Antonio with the Spurs, but let's be honest, Kawhi Leonard was the guy for San Antonio for the years after Tim Duncan retired. And for a lot of you people who are saying that, you know, oh, I'm glad he's gone. Uh, I don't I don't know which what you all are thinking, because if you were any other team in this team, if he was on your team, you would want any other way to make sure you got this player. So we have to stop with this treating these players that feel like they don't want to be a part of their team anymore, because at the end of the day. Yes, the NBA is a sport, but the NBA is also a business. And it, and at some point, fans and a lot of other people are going to have to realize, yes, teams are in business, but players have to be in business for themselves. And they feel and if they feel like being in a certain organization is not good business for them at the at that point in time, then they have the right to find a way to get out of that situation. And that's kind of what Kawhi did in this situation cuz like I said, I don't know what happened in the organization. I'm not there. I am not a viable member of that team. But it seems like he did not want to be there. Um, but yet then again, I don't know because Kawhi never really speaks. But at the end of the day, he he felt like he did not want to be there. He did not like the way things were run, especially going on with his injury. He, you saw teammates lashing out out to him in the media. So at the end of the day, he felt like he didn't want to be there. So he was like, I'm going to find a way to get out. Um, but it looks like he's he's landing himself in a very good situation in Toronto. Toronto is not a bad team. They're looking to be one of the top teams coming out of the East now with, you know, with everything going on with LeBron leaving. So Cleveland is going to be out of the picture. So he's going to come down to a three-team or maybe a four-team race, depending on how things shape out in the East next season. But – both players land in a good situation. It was a deal that had to be made by Toronto. So we'll see how this shapes out once the season gets started, especially with Kawhi playing in Toronto. And even with all that, that wasn't even the only trade that went down this week. As you all know, Carmelo Anthony was traded from the Oklahoma City Thunder to the Atlanta Hawks. It was a three-team deal in this situation. You had the Philadelphia 76ers the Atlanta Hawks, and, of course, OKC all involved in the trade. Um, now, with that being said, uh, Melo was traded to the Atlanta Hawks. He was traded for Dennis Schroeder um, and Mike Muscala. Now, in this situation, I'm not going to get into the, the whole logistics of the trade. We just know that uh, there were... You know, the Sixers were involved in this trade along with the, you know, they sent, they were able to send away, uh, if I'm not mistaken here, um, the Sixers were able to send off Justin Anderson. Justin Anderson will go to Atlanta 
And the Thunder will gain Mike Muscala, Dennis Schroeder. No, 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 my, my mistake. Mike Muscala is getting sent to the Sixers. Uh, this, the Thunder will get Dennis Schroeder. And then the these, uh, the um, Thunder will also gain Timothy Luawu Cabaret. I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing that name right. But that was the that was the the main details of the trade. Now in this situation, Oklahoma City gave themselves a great great look in this situation because not only did they they also gained Dennis Schroeder. Um, they were also they also sent uh, a 2022 protected first round pick to Atlanta, and so that pick is also protected between. Is protected between picks one through fourteen, and if it's uh, if that pick is not conveyed within the first year, you'll also get two second round picks. Now, even though I said I wasn't going to go into details of the tr- of the trade, I think it's important that you do understand what all happens in this deal. Um, now, in in Carmelo Anthony's situation, um, the Thunder uh saved themselves almost a hundred seven million dollars with this deal because now instead of instead of with the usual uh they're gonna try to find a way to you know wave and stretch the deal out um instead they're they're gonna send mellow over to the to the Atlanta Hawks and with this you know their their luxury tax will drop significantly. It'll go from 150 to to 88.8 million. It saves them 61 million dollars, and then the Thunder will also save another 11 million dollars because of Schroeder's contract and uh, the cap hit from Luabo Cabaret. So the Thunders, you know, according to according to what is being spoken through Adrian Wojnarowski, who reported the deal. The Thunder will say will punt payroll will stand at one hundred forty eight point seven million dollars once Anthony Muscala's deals go through. Now, and also coming up with this, the Hawks are more than likely are going to buy out Melo's uh, contract. So in turn, this opens up lanes for say the the Houston Rockets to come in and make a deal for Melo. Now, Melo is one of those guys who said he's not going to come off the bench. He's one of those guys who feel like he can still put up, you know, productive minutes as a starter in this league. Um, I'm not sure how much that's going to be because Melo is getting up there in years. Um, it's starting to sh- it's starting to show on on his game just a little bit, not a lot. He's not, you know, it's going to be this this past season, but the first season he didn't he didn't average 20 points. Um, so that's. It's kind of it's kind of a real big deal, um, but then again, like I said, he's not the same player that he was, um, only because age is starting to come into a factor. Because as we all know, Father Time is definitely undefeated. You know, he he went from his he has a career average of twenty four points, but in this past season, he only averaged about sixteen. Um, he was he wasn't shooting the ball great from the field. He only shot forty percent from the field. So who knows what. You know, if Houston pulls the trigger with this deal, who knows what's going to happen? Um, but the main reason I like this trade is because of the fact that um, Oklahoma City gets Dennis Schroeder, and to me, 
Dennis Schroeder is going to be big because I, in my opinion, I think he is going to be a possible six man of the year candidate because of what he brings to the table. Um, he's not just your average. I'm going to, you know, be a floor general type point guard. He's in that mode of like Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams. When he comes to the game, he is thinking instant offense. He wants to come in and provide a spark for his team. Um, he was able to do that. Just he was able to do that a little bit in Atlanta, um, but it didn't seem like he didn't fit there a little bit. This past season was a big year for him. He averaged 19 points, six assists, and three rebounds. Um, shot the ball pretty well from the floor. Didn't shoot it all too great from three point range, but he still had a very productive year in Atlanta. And can you imagine bringing at least 19 points coming off for that rotation in Oklahoma City, especially with that firepower they already have? Um, you've retained. You still got Russ with his extension. Um, you were able to retain Paul George this pat this off season, and now you got another viable score coming off your bench. So Oklahoma City is going to come away big time with this deal. But we all know what the main purpose of the deal was. It's it was for Melo. What is Melo's situation going to be? What teams are going to what teams are going to become viable suitors for for this player and his talents? Like we said, we already mentioned um, the Houston Rockets in this situation. But see, there are other teams who could be vying for him. You also got to think about it. Miami could possibly go for him right now. Um, the Lakers could possibly go get Carmelo Anthony. We all know right now the the main leader in the clubhouse is the Houston Rockets. But again, like I said, we don't know what's going to happen because Houston still hasn't, still have not re-signed Clint Capella yet. Um so we don't know what is going to happen, what's going to transpire over the next couple weeks or maybe a month or so with uh, Carmelo Anthony and which team he's going to go to. Um, you already know what's going to happen. You're going to get a very viable score, whether he's starting, coming off the bench, whatever happens, Melo is going to come in and he's going to be instant offense for your team. He might not be that you know, 20-point scorer that he was for so many years playing in Denver and New York, but we'll definitely see what's going to happen because Melo, I believe Melo can still be a valuable asset, a valuable player to the rotation for whatever team he goes to. Um, he was one of those guys who you knew what you were, you knew what you were getting with Melo. Um, it's just the fact that now, you know, Oklahoma city comes out on the bigger end, on the better end of this because of how much money they were saved, how much money they were able to save themselves. Um, you know, saving almost $100 million in between luxury tax and salary cap um, hits is going to be huge because this gives them more room to go out and sign more players to add to their already powerful rotation, um, depending on what's going to happen this summer. Because still, there are still some viable free agents out there on the market. It's just the fact that what teams are going to go out and go get them. And I think Oklahoma City is now primed to go out and get more valuable role players that's going to fit the rotation and that scheme that Billy Donovan has in Oklahoma City. Um, now, granted, losing Carmelo Anthony might take a hit on your offense. It could be a benefit because we know Melo's defense, it was okay. It wasn't that great, but he still was able to put up enough where he was able to be a a a at least an average defender for most for the for for the team this season and his teams in the past so we we know now what's going to happen with oklahoma city the main question like i said before is what's going to happen with mellow um you know i'm i i think houston's going to come and re, and sign him to a contract i'm not sure when it's going to happen 
Um, but I don't see I don't see him being off the on the market too much too long, only because of the type of player that he is and the, what teams are really looking for, and the fact that he can bring that for certain teams right now, especially going into this next upcoming NBA season. Um, Carmelo Anthony is going to be a valued value asset to many rotations in the league. Um, it just all depends on what team is going to sign him. What do they plan to do with him? Are they going to keep him on the bench? Are they going to add him to the starting lineup? Who knows? But Melo's going to have to learn to accept that, and he's going to have to still be able to be a valued piece in his in that team, no matter where he's going. So it's 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 going to be it's going to be a very 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 eventful next couple of weeks with Melo, and um, we're going to make sure we're going to stay on top of things. We're going to stay on top of some of the reports that may come out, but. That's just the NBA side. The next, the 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 real big story that's been happening is what's been going on in the WNBA this week. And to start things off, I don't know if you saw the game a couple nights ago, um, but I was watching it from start to finish. And I'm just gonna say this: I've been saying it on my Twitter page for a while now, um, and I'm gonna I'll shout it to the heavens till till. Till the season's over, but Liz Cambage is the most dominant player in the WNBA right now. I'm not saying she's the best. I'm saying dominant. There is a difference. Just like how we said at one point, Mike was the greatest, was the best player, but we always said Shaq was the most dominant player. But in this situation, Liz Cambage is the most dominant dominant player in the WNBA right now. I don't know if you saw the game when they played against New York Liberty. It was a great win for the team. The final score of that game was 104 to 87 in a Wings victory. But we all know what the storyline was coming out of that game and that's what this episode was pretty much based around was the fact that Liz Cambage set a franchise and WNBA record scoring 53 points on 17 of 22 shooting, that is 76%, ladies and gentlemen, and 15 of 16 from the free throw line with 10 rebounds and 5 blocks to go along with 4 of four of 5 from 3-point range. When you see Liz Cambage on the floor, she is the biggest and tallest thing on the basketball court. She's the strongest thing on the basketball court. And this game, she she was able to prove she could do it from anywhere on the basketball court, on the low block, from the elbow, from the three, um, off the dribble, you know, this game pretty much showed you what can't Liz Cambage do. Um, she is a vital, vital piece to the Dallas Wings' success this season, and it's starting to show with these last couple games. Now, granted, with the with the record-breaking performance, um, the only other player, the last player to do this, which is score 50 points on at least and 10 rebounds on at least 70 75% shooting from the field, was Michael Jordan, back in I believe it was 1997. I might have to get my facts straight looking at that, but think about that. She's in a rare air. She's in that air with the Jordans of the world but we're not talking about the NBA at this point we're just talking strictly WNBA and 
one thing I can say this for certain is Liz Cambage is now in the conversation for MVP. Um, she has been killing it for the Dallas Wings, and it's pretty much showing why she was so coveted to come back to the WNBA. Um, so much growth has been shown within her game this season. Um, she's averaging 21 points, nine rebounds, about two assists, and about um, and about a block, almost two blocks a game. Um, now, granted, this is only you know after um, what was it after that first game? She also came back and she had another great game. She had a 35 point game last night against the Washington Mystics and another win for the Dallas Wings. And it pretty much shows you how important and how valuable she is to that team. Now, granted, the Wings have shown cases this season where even if she does have to come out the game, albeit ejection or foul out, they still have found a way to win basketball games even without her. But even with her in the lineup, you can tell she's that much of a force because it opens the floor up so much for for other players like Skylar Diggins-Smith or Alicia Gray or Kayla Thornton or Kayla Davis and also Glory Johnson because now you can operate out of the high-low. And that's not that's not saying that's not all, you know, that's not the only player it works for. It works for Azaree Stevens because that's also a 6-6 player at the high, working high-low with Liz Cambage. So she has become a valuable, valuable asset to this Dallas Wings franchise. Now, I'm not going to sit here and and act like, you know, she, it's still a lot to be done for this team because there's still so much going on in the WNBA right now. Now, even with all of that, you still got to think about what else happened that historic night. You know, Tiffany Hayes with that beautiful steal and, and half-court shot to win the game for the Atlanta Dream against Connecticut Sun. Um, it's the from what Elias Sports Bureau has stated, it's the longest recorded shot in WNBA history. It was 46.7 feet. Um, but that just goes to show you how hot the Atlanta Dream are right now. Because remember, we were all sitting. I know I was at least. Atlanta Dream was was to me they were inconsistent just for a little bit. Um, but it seems like ever since they made that trade with the Connecticut Sun and uh, with Lasia Carrot, with Lasia Clarendon being traded for um, Alex Bentley for in that in that deal. The Atlanta Dream have come on and have come on hard and have come on strong. They've moved all the way up to first place in the Eastern Conference right now, which is pretty much not saying much because, you know, they don't go by you know, conferences in the WNBA, but that's just how good their record are. They've jumped all the way up to first place in the WNBA, uh, first place in the Eastern Conference. And if you look at the overall standings, they're only in fifth. So they're only, they're, they're only about, not even about, they're pretty much three and a half games back of Seattle for first place in the, in the WNBA's overall standings. Um, the Atlanta Dream have so much consistency you know in and around this team right now um tiffany hayes is of course leading the way she's scoring 17 points followed by angel mccotry Brittany sykes is a terror coming off the bench renee montgomery is that 
that veteran point guard that they needed and they were able to get her in free agency this this season, uh, this past uh, winter and spring, getting her from the Minnesota Lynx. But they have so much on this team that it's starting to show that they're going to be they're going to be a factor in the playoffs come playoff time for the WNBA championship. Um, it's just amazing to me how they have skyrocketed so much them and the Dallas Wings. Cause remember them and the, the, the Dallas Wings and Atlanta dream were both sitting right there on the edge, on the outside, looking in to get into the playoffs. If we were talking about this, you know, after the first month of the WNBA season. And now we're sitting here talking about, they are possibly one of the favorites who could possibly win the WNBA championship this season. Um, that just goes to show you how competitive this season has been. And I've said this on, on the last podcast that we did. Um, there's so much parody, so much, so many stories to go, go on this season that you're, it's hard pressed to find what's not to like about this WNBA season this year. Um, but like I said, the main two storylines this week, pretty much the main storyline. And like I said, what was pretty much the basis of this episode outside of the first two trades in the NBA, but the play of this Cambage has been exceptional. If you go look at WNBA's website, they do their race to MVP. She shot all the way up in their rankings to possibly second, only behind, you know, Brianna Stewart and the season that she's had this, this year playing it up in Seattle. But that just goes to show you how, ooh, excuse me, how well she has played this season. Um, she's had games where she's pretty much dominated from start to finish. I don't think there's, I don't think there's been not one game where she wasn't scoring in double figures or at least grabbing at least nine to 10 boards a game and blocking at least two shots a game for Dallas. So, Cause she's that much of a threat on defense and on offense for this team. Um, now going up, going up to this point, you know, her advanced stats just says a lot. She is very important to their defense. Um, very important, very, very important to their offense. And, you know, when you when you look at a talent like that, there's no denying that she's already on top on on her way to greatness in this league. Granted, she's back in the league after being out for about five years. She hasn't played in the WNBA since 2013, since originally getting drafted by the. Well, this is Dallas Wings, but they were known as the Tulsa Shock back then. So it's great to see her in the league. It's great to see what she's doing. It's great to see how well this this season has turned out for everybody, even to the point now, because the All-Star teams is, has been selected. And I don't know about you guys, but I was having a tough time just trying to figure out who was going to be on the All-Star team this year. And the origin, it was so hard to pick who was going to be on the All-Star team this year because there were so many caliber players that, that are – that are you know worthy of being all-stars this year but that's the beautiful thing about it they were able to come up to see who's going to be on who's going to be on the all-star teams this year they already made the selections for the rosters and as they as they're suited this is going to be a very competitive game if you look at it you got you know elena deladon and candace parker will be the team captains for the all-star teams um maya moore was supposed to be the one captain but she did not want to fulfill that duty. So it went to the second and third place uh, 
vote getters in this situation it'd be it was Elena Della Don who was second and Candace Parker who was third so if you look at these rosters man July 28th is going to be fireworks the Della team Della Don it consists of, of course Elena Della Don Simone Augustus Sue Bird Dewana Bonner Sylvia Fowles Brittany Griner Kayla McBride Brianna Stewart Diana Taurasi Christy Tolliver and Asia Wilson and then you look at Candace Parker's team you got team Parker it's Liz Cambage of course Candace Parker Tina Charles Skylar Diggins Smith Chelsea Gray Jewel Lloyd Angel McCautry Maya Moore Cheney and Neko Gumake and Allie Quigley the coaches will be Sandy Brondello she'll coach team Parker and Dan Hughes will coach team Deladon um, this is going to be a competitive, competitive, super ultra fireworks type of uh, basketball game on July 28th. Um, I can't wait to see what the matchups are going to be like, because if you think about it this way, we all want to see some of these matchups take place. Um, can you imagine Liz Cambage going up against, you know, Brittany Griner on the block? Or Sylvia Fowles on the block. We see that during the season all the time, but now it's going to be different trying to see that up close, you know, especially in the All-Star game. So it's going to be a really fun pace matchup. Um, what's going to happen? How are the Gumake sisters going to factor into the play together? It's almost like they're going to be playing playing together like they were back at Stanford. Um, Sue Bird, how is she going to control the pace for this team? Because that's one thing Sue Bird has been great at. It's been able to control pace. How is Diana Taurasi going to look going up against, you know, Maya Moore? You know, Angel McCautry, she's going to be a factor. And then, of course, the big-time thing is looking at the, the, the two young guns who are in this All-Star game, um, Jewel Lloyd and Asia Wilson. This will be their first All-Star appearance. Um, so it's it's going to be a great game to watch. Um you guys should stick. You guys should uh, tune into that game because that's going to be a fun game to you know to look at and take place. But the game, like I said, it was hard just to even vote to do the fan vote for the All Star team. There were so many great players this season who are worthy of being called All Stars. Um, I voted for all of these players. Um, you know when the fan voting was still going on because I knew and I've seen these players and how they played, how they perform. Um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting sight, you know, up in Minnesota and it's, you know, I won't be there to see it. Hopefully I'll be able to see the all-star game one day. Um, hopefully it'll be next year. I'm hoping it's next season. Um, we'll see how my, you know, summer plans go about cause I got a lot of things going on next summer. Um, but the main thing is we're focused on right now and this all-star game is, is not it's not going to be short of excitement. It's not going to be short of great basketball play on offense and defense. It's going to be a lot of offense like it is in most all-star games nowadays. But just for the simple fact of who is playing in this game and who was left off just says a lot. Like, for example, um, I thought it was going to be a second rookie involved in this in this all-star game. I thought it was going to be somebody like Diamond DeShields who was probably going to get you know, a nod in the all-star game. But then again, there was a lot of players who were left off of this list for the all-star game. And you're sitting there wondering like, well, when you say that, I mean, well, who else could be left off? Well, the biggest glaring, uh, old, old in, in these, these rosters is Tiffany Hayes. Tiffany Hayes was as stated already earlier in the podcast. She has been great this season. And the fact that she 
you know, she didn't get enough votes to make the All-Star team says a lot. Um, you know, there's, you know, Natasha Howard and the way she's been playing up in Seattle. You know, there's there's so many, there's so many, there were so many snubs this All-Star game. But I can't, you know, be too mad and too upset because you still got a dynamite uh, roster here on both sides that's still going to give you a very competitive game. And it's going to be an exciting game to watch. I hope you guys, like I said before, I hope you guys tune in. Tune into that game. It'll be July 28th at, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it'll be at, um, it's going to be on 3, it'll be at 3.30 um, on ABC. So if you can tune in, I, even if you can't find a way to tune in, cause this is going to be a, a fireworks of a basketball game. And I will make sure I find a way to keep in touch to see what's going on in that game. If I can't, I'm going to make sure I catch the highlights because that's not, that's going to be a game I don't want to miss. But in the meantime, between time, this, this will definitely wrap up another episode of the hand down, man down podcast. Um, so much, so much has been going on. Um, we're going to do, we're going to make sure we keep you guys up to date, keep you guys tuned in and we're going to, you know, can't wait to hear from you guys soon. So we'll catch you guys next week. In the meantime, between time, I'm out of here guys. Peace.